0: Welcome to the Visible Coaches Podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you we know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services so if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose clarify your message nurture that market and get more business coming your way all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being then plug your airpods in and let's go welcome to the visible coaches podcast the reason i'm laughing is that when we're preparing these podcasts Anchor and angela we often um just riff a little bit beforehand to get a real sense of the direction that we want the conversation the topic to go in we want to bring you something fresh Anchor said something that just cracked me up because the title of today's podcast is is your offer really irresistible and uh her quote was, well, number one, you don't get to decide what's irresistible, they do. Um, and it just, you know, that they decide, it's not you decide. And it just, it cracked me up. Just because you think you know what they need, doesn't mean that they think you that they need it. And isn't that really the heartbeat of what we're talking about? There used to be a, a marketing quote, and I hated it to start with, but now I understand it. Because it felt to me like it was it was manipulative, because that was the mindset and the space that I was unfortunately coming from at the time. And the quote was this, sell them what they want, but deliver what they need. And I hated it because it felt like I had to do something disingenuous to get somebody into a program, promise them the earth, promise them this, promise them that, promise the other. And almost like hoodwink them into working with me and then I could show them my real skill and my real thing. Because but. But I was really misunderstanding the heartbeat of that quote, which was actually saying, you've got to walk a mile in their shoes before they will walk two miles in yours. And so from our conversation where Anka just absolutely cracked me up, I'm going to hand over to her to actually unpack what she was really meaning behind you just don't get to decide what actually is irresistible no matter how long you sit there at your desk you know putting your perfect program together etc or working out your perfect ideal client you know in your own head um you know because it's their decision Anchor, taken take it away <laughs> i mean
1: i i agree actually that that famous lesson, you know, give people what they want and then, or, you know, offer them what they want and then give them what they need. I actually had some like resistance to that as well. It felt like bait and switch, you know, but what I got to see was if you don't build that bridge for people, it's not about kind of tricking them into buying something they don't want. It's about building the bridge between what you know is really at the heart of the problem and what it is they need to where they're at. Like what is it that makes sense in their world and from what they can see? And if you can't do that, you know, then then you're going to struggle. Then it will not be irresistible to them because they're the ones who are going to make that decision. Like even if you think you have a program with, you know, all the elements that would really help somebody solve an issue or get something they want, they don't see the point in that because that's not how they see what's going on for them it's like you literally talk two languages it's about translation it's about bridge building not about manipulating into into submission right and so i think it's that piece that's why you know everybody always talks about you need to know your audience you need to really speak to them to know what how they see the situation they're in so that you can, there's a, there is a saying that I unfortunately can't ever remember the the source of it, but it's really helped me see how I look at learning, teaching, any of those. And it's about connecting something unknown to something known. Right. And if you look at that in a teaching context, it kind of explains everything. You know, if you've somebody explains something unknown with something unknown, it's what people often experience in the tech space. You know, then you're just left confused and you know less than you knew before. If you connect, if somebody connects something known to something known, you're bored because, you know, there's nothing new in there. So I think your task when you're trying to create an irresistible offer, your job is to find the known piece, the, the, the piece where you could hook into where you're, the person you're looking to see go, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense, you know, where you can pick them up and lead them to understanding why what you're offering is actually the best solution to what they're trying to achieve. And that bridge building piece is what makes it, if you do that well, your office is an irresistible.
0: Yeah, what's interesting to me around that is that that lends to me to the, the bit that I always think about research or market research. You know, if you were actually putting a manufacturing product out, if you were going to, you know, put a new biscuit out, etc., you'd go out and you do taste testing. You'd find, you'd do a sample of it. You'd find people that, that could taste that because you're not going to put that much money, time and effort into the manufacturing of something that nobody will actually buy. And I remember Bernadette Doyle, my first uh, business coach, Telling a story of a lady that had got five thousand meditation CDs. Now, back in the day when CDs were a thing, rather than just a digital version of it, but she had got five thousand meditation CDs, and she she got them done printed. She was so proud of the fact she created all of this stuff, and she took it. She emailed Bernadette with you know and said, "Can you help me market and sell these?" And Bernadette wrote back and she just she told the story and she just said, I am so sorry, I can't do that. And she was a, a really advanced marketer. And she said, The reason is is because you've created something and we've got no idea if it's actually needed. So you've got a hard job to try and sell something that you have created, that you want to create that we don't know if the world needs. I think to me, this is the difference between when we've often talked about the artist personality the creative and i think it's a confusion to people that are truly creative because there's a space where you almost have to express your art and your thing in the way that really makes sense to you and you have to flesh and work that out um but that doesn't but if you wanted to make a business out of that and sell that you've you've got a different journey and different job i used to say this to musicians all the time you know to you know they wanted to be on the stage, or they wanted to go and do gigs, etc. Or they wanted to be songwriters, um, or you know, my in my early days when I wanted to be an opera singer, what I recognised was there was a barrier to me getting to do what I wanted to do, and that for me was an audition. If I didn't pass the audition, I didn't get into the part to be on the stage, etc. And it, it, what I see in the business context of this or even for artists etc trying to sort of get their stuff is like there's a real paradox between authentically representing and putting out what you want to and uh, you know and doing it in the way that makes real sense to you and finding that happy marriage between what people will pay for value and want and uh, you know that i i said this to me is a bit like a matrix where you've got to have your greatest passion that's actually marrying up with a particular with a particular point where the world's greatest need meets your passion, i.e., a specific situation or space in time or um, where meeting you makes the biggest difference for somebody else, you know, or what you've created or what you want to bring to the table answers a need for them at that particular moment. So I'm often asking people, what when does it make sense to bring you into the game? And, and when I ask it from that perspective, they start thinking less about what I call the fluffy fulfill your potential language, and, which is not an irresistible offer. And they start then thinking about, well, you know, they're suddenly finding that, um, you know, they've got no they've got no time. They're working full time and they've, they've suddenly reached this impact and they're stressed and they're t- shouting at the kids and stuff. And it makes sense to have a conversation with me at that point. And it's like, ah, well, that, now we need to go and find people that will be willing to tell us what it's like to be in that situation, how they feel, what's, what, how that's showing up in their life. And then we've also got to ask them one of the questions I actually, you know, please use this, everybody. I, I, I say it all the time is go and ask them. What do you feel would be most helpful for you right now to get you out of this situation? Now, the truth of the matter is, it's what they think they need. It's probably not what they need, but it's what they think they need. And nobody's buying what you think they want, they actually need. They're gonna buy into what they think in the, that they need at the time because it's their perception of truth. So at that point of perception of truth, you have to then say to them, well, what does that look like? You know, for me, if I, you know, I just worked a 10 hour day yesterday because I suddenly realized that international work means that I could be doing nine o'clock in the morning with somebody in the UK and I'm doing 10 p.m. with somebody in Canada. Now, that's a beautiful problem to have, except that suddenly it really hit me this morning that actually that over a long period of time is now unsustainable. So there's always going to be a new problem that every level that somebody is moving through is you know potentially needs to solve so i might be looking right now as to how on earth do i do that or leverage that or have both it's a new question i'm asking and i might be looking in the marketplace for who is talking to me in my language right now that i could look at and go they understand what it likes what it's feeling like right now to feel and be me in this situation i think i'll reach out for a conversation with them And that, to me, is the key to creating a a connection or that bridge and filling the gap is we have to be imagining what it's like for that person. And sometimes the only way we can do that is to either think back, if if you've been in the situation, to really dial back to when you were there, not where you are now. Or the most important is to start having some conversations, early conversations, where you're not trying to sell programmes or anything, but where you're listening and you're saying, what's it like to be you? And, and how, would it, how could you fit it into your life if you wanted to, to get this out? You know, I say this because I'm now on a roll with it, is that um, I'm having to do a lot of done for you done with you offers at the minute that long-term I probably won't want to do but it dials me into the people how they think how they feel that takes my time up and I think there's too much ideas at the minute of people trying to run too fast because they don't want to they don't want to work more than you know don't work more than four hours a week don't do this don't do that and it's like well at the start of your journey like we said in the last podcast you're probably going to have to put in some hours so that you really understand your people before you can then leverage that or move from it and i you know i highly encourage no to move never move too far away from the people that you're with so that you stop understanding where they're at um so on that big download anchor you know (laughs) coming on the back of that, because uh, she's like, I don't laugh, everybody laughs, I'm like, but, you know, suddenly realize how passionate you are when you realize, you know, what's what you see to be true.
1: Absolutely. I think the piece that popped up for me while you were talking was, it doesn't really matter, even if you're an artist, I literally interviewed an artist recently, you know, and she makes a living from her art, Right. So, but she was the first one to say, Well, no, I'm not, it's not about the canvases with color on them. I wanna brighten somebody's day. I wanna create a peaceful space. I want to lift their mood when they come home. So she knew what she was offering, right? So, and she wasn't, you know, but that's the thing, she still found a way to match what she was passionate about creating to what would be valuable to somebody else, right? And I think even if you're an artist, even if you don't do custom things where you literally solve somebody else's problem, there is still a way you can, you need to be creative around it, but it's still about that value. And sometimes if you manage to be famous because you've run around naked <laughs> through shark-infested waters and people know you and want something of yours just because it's of, of yours, well, there's the value there. So it's not necessarily that that's strict in that in that sense. And the early conversations with people, I think people were scared of that, you know? Yeah. And I think they, they do a lot of, and I, I think they, they often come to me because they're like, oh, how can I need systems? I need, you know, I need to make this efficient. And like, you haven't got anything to make efficient yet, you know? So there is that mess in the middle, there is that initial where you just need to try some stuff and you need to Offer things and see what comes back, and talk to people and understand what they. Because I think, just because we're passionate about it, sometimes you find. And I've had like I've offered so many things, especially when I had my sewing business. You know, I remember I make I made cute little polka dot doggy vests, adorable, right? And all the neighbors would go, "Oh my god, can you make me one?" Right? And then I looked, and I'm like, "Well, actually, the value those created." for the dog owners who thought, oh, it would be so cute to have my dog in that little vest. And the amount of effort it cost me to create one, I didn't find a match. So that meant I can make doggy vests as long as my heart sings for it, you know, but that's not going to be a product. Not everything has to be a product. And sometimes finding out quickly that, well, here I'm passionate about something that others don't really perceive to be a need worth paying for, well, that's a good enough answer, because it saves you from running too far in the wrong direction.
0: And it's not about you, then. Yeah, no, it isn't. important to find out. It's not about you, particularly for coaches, because it feels so personal otherwise. Yeah. So round it off, because you said something to me about the irresistible offer and about People are waking up to their own wisdom and they don't want to be helped.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's something that I see an awful lot, you know, especially when people come to us that are sort of in our age group and it's this kind of, you know, women in midlife. And I think a lot of women wake up to to their wisdom. You know, it's no longer just about, you know, taking care of the kids. So there is literally, I think, a, a phase of transition where a lot of women then start to explore. And then what happens is what usually happens is when you have a really, really powerful insight, your next impulse is, oh, I want to share that with others. Right. And then they try and build an offer around that to help other people solve the same problem. And I think quite often these other women, (laughs) you know, in that same position, they're finding their own wisdom. They quite often don't want to be helped. By somebody else, right? So I think that can be quite. Fr- I think I, I find a lot of all the time people get quite frustrated because they kind of know they've got something powerful to give and it's really hard to sell. And it's just realizing, well, actually, who are you selling this to? You know, they're not, they're kind of in the same situation as you. You're not looking to have somebody else in the same boat guide you on a journey that you've just discovered you're powerful. So just to recognize when there's a mismatch. You know, instead of being kind of stubborn and keep banging your head against the wall, like don't be goat. You know, if you don't know what the goat thing is, go back to the archetypes. Right? There's, a, there's an episode about the, the goat. It's like, don't be too rigid about it. You know, you might fi- be able to find an angle that you can come from that all of a sudden becomes interesting. But just because you've gone through it does not mean that other people in that same space right now are looking for your guidance. And that's just, well, there's nothing wrong with you, you know, and there's nothing wrong with you trying to support other people. That particular angle is just not where it's gonna go, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: And I think what that does then is, when there's that, when those doors are closed, and you you can't see something that you would think you wanted to sell or offer actually working, and you've tried the doors, I think it's important to step back. That's the point where I often sit with people and step back and go, "Is it really that door? Is it the message behind that? Is and it, is it now? Is because
1: message? sometimes you might need another loop, and you might come back to it later after yeah. you've kind of discovered
0: something else. Something else. And is there another people group? Is there another opportunity? And I think it it, it can offer you. I think that failure to make it work or to failure to sell something to me it drives me back to a heartbeat to step away and yes. to think to myself like why why really didn't that work what was what didn't people see value in that how am i positioning that and i think that's a, a, something we will talk about But how am i positioning that and you know and actually do i really want to deliver that in that particular way do i really want to do that and actually you sometimes realise that you've put something out that deep down you don't want to deliver and then there's an alignment issue. It offers you a, a, a tremendous gift to actually find the nuance to, to get right on the pathway that you really want to be on and that the world will value you being on at the same time. Yeah, every so experiment is a stepping
1: stone, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, so until our next episode, take care. Take care.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches Podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches Podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit the visiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's the visiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections, and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.